Langley, 1982. Have you seen the cable from Rome? Chris Frederick asked, signaling that it was not just an average cable. Not yet, I replied. I just got back from the staff meeting. Take a look, he said, handing it to me. The cable described a recent meeting between one of our officers in the Italian capital and a person they had encrypted as Spider-1, or S-1, wherein he alleged that he was a member of Libyan intelligence. Furthermore, he was under non-official cover, that is, he was not a member of the Libyan embassy in Rome. It raised many questions that would have to be answered, but if the guy was real, he would represent a big breakthrough. S-1 claimed to know the modus operandi employed by the Libyan service, something that would naturally be of great interest to us. He also had provided a sketchy outline of a plot to assassinate President Reagan, so perhaps Colonel Gaddafi was serious about his threat. S-1 also had hinted that he held information about the movements of the infamous international terrorist Carlos, nicknamed the Jackal. Born Illich Ramirez Sanchez in 1949 in Venezuela and a lifelong communist, Carlos, his so-called professional name, had allied himself with the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, a group that specialized in airline hijackings. He also participated in an attack on the Vienna headquarters of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries in 1975, and he was suspected of assassinating two French security officers. Who has seen this? I asked. Near Division got their copy, Chris replied. So did Europe Division. We're here, just you and me, so far. I'm not sure where this might go, I said. But for now, let's hold this pretty tight. Just you, me, and Gary. I immediately assigned Gary, one of my best operations officers, to begin following the case, and he immediately smelled a scam. The cable indicated that S-1 could be in contact with a group that had access to fissionable materials. Gary found the claim highly unlikely, and resolved to investigate this individual as thoroughly as he could. It was the fall of 1982. The president had long since recovered from the failed attempt on his life on March 30, 1981, and the cable from Rome hit headquarters like a ton of bricks. Knowledge of it was tightly compartmented, but those in the loop were keenly interested in follow-up information. The chief of our Libyan desk called while Chris was still in my office, and we arranged to meet in an hour. There we agreed that our priority in handling this individual should be to verify S-1's bona fides, to carefully check out his documentation and every bit of information he had provided. Our response, written by the Italian desk and coordinated by the CTG and Near East Division, told Rome how pleased we were to be in touch with S-1, a potentially valuable agent. At the same time, we added, much remains to be done to confirm his identity and the veracity of his access. The meetings with S-1 in Rome that followed produced information that was tantalizing but difficult, if not impossible, to verify. We didn't wait for confirmation. Given the possibility of an assassination plot, we promptly informed the FBI the Secret Service, and the White House Security Office, all of which showed high-level interest. Along with the chief of NE Division, I began attending weekly meetings chaired by the head of White House Security. The FBI and Secret Service also participated. Each time we all carefully reported the information we had collected. We coordinated what the federal government's response would be, and we decided who would take what steps. 
S-1 kept providing information and it continually knocked headquarters off balance because of the cast of players involved. For example, he reported that Carlos would be transiting Paris by air the last weekend in November. But we had serious doubts Carlos would be so bold, reckless even, as to pass through Paris where the French services were so eager to get their hands on him. The doubt sparked a debate at headquarters. Should we discount the information because we couldn't prove it? Or should we scramble to set a trap for the notorious jackal? We decided we couldn't risk not acting on the information, so without giving specifics we informed our contacts in Paris. We asked the French to cover both Charles de Gaulle and Orly International airports for three days. The French expended considerable resources, but Carlos never appeared. S-1 explained that the jackal had changed his plans at the last minute. Those of us who were suspicious grew more so.